so this one is uh, Forecast 96, and Esther made me read Gail Simone and Neil Gouges' Welcome to Tranquility. Which I've heard has been is going to be picked up, but I've heard that for many years, so I don't think it's going to happen. Like for a TV show? No, for a continuing comic. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah, I thought this was not good. Not good? It's very, very twee. Mm-hmm. And, like, the art's not bad. I like uh, Gooch quite a bit. He worked on Majestic for a while, I think. But it's just so, like, knowingly... It's too self-conscious about well, being a comic. Explain what it actually is. Basically, it's a retirement community for superheroes. Yes. And supervillains, really. It's like any other small town in America, except for one fundamental difference. It's a town where superpowered beings go in order to retire and raise families. Uh, blah, 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 from the golden age to the mo- modern age. Unique blend of personalities. Uh, causes law enforcement nothing but headaches. And then a camera crew comes to town to film a new segment on this unique place. And then things are turned upside down by a murder. Yeah. So, that's funny, because the back cover copy makes it sound like the camera crew... Uh, caused a murder like their investigation would have led to all this crazy stuff going on yeah instead it's i think the murder happens first isn't it or it's the murder incidentally yeah it's the camera crew is just incidental yeah and like there are like three people who two or three people who are just like bad for no reason Mm -hmm. and also i hate emoticon (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) i hadn't expected to dislike him that much but like i don't like his gimmick at all well, the whole gimmick is that it's supposed to be a stupid gimmick. Yeah, exactly. It's too effective. <laughs> it's too much of a... Se- it, like, it feels like it's playing on superhero types. And it doesn't do enough with those types to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, why shouldn't I just go and read, like, The Shadow or uh, Scooby-Doo or Teen Titans? Well, it's kind of... I thought the appeal was that... You see the Teen Titans, or the kind of gothy Teen Titans, interacting with the Golden Age heroes, interacting with the more, like, weird, obscure ones. It's a mix of all of them. Yeah, it's just... Like, I don't think that the mix was enough, really. Because, I mean, like, the Teen Titans have definitely gotten to, like, the, the you're not the boss of me, old man sort of fights before. <laughs> you know? And, like, the stuff with the pregnancy and they fight in the hospital. The one bit I did like was the friendship between, like, the Super, or the Captain Marvel guy and the skeleton-looking Dr. Savannah guy. Where the doctor knows his secret word but hasn't told him. And they've just been hanging out for, like, 40 years. That's not really friendship. Well, it was a friendship. Like, he didn't want him to be, you know, the youthful superhero anymore, but he still, like, valued their time playing chess. He wasn't just, you know, mm-hmm. being rude for no reason. But, um... Yeah, like... The fights and stuff never really worked for me. Like, I didn't buy the stakes. Hmm. Also, there's a lot of speeching. Like, here's exactly what I did and how I did it and why. They did another book with a Jonah Hex-type character in it. Hmm. 
but uh, which was introduce some concepts that were too disturbing for me. So, what were they? Just the uh, more family killing. Really? Geez, Gail. That is, huh? Um. Well, there you go. Yeah, and that's like five minutes of me crapping all over this comic. <laughs> so, what did you like about this one? <laughs> I just thought it was, um, you know, I actually got into this a long time ago as I was getting into comics in general. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I didn't know the ca- the Captain Marvel man or his gimmick at all. Okay. So I was just like, why is he looking through the dictionary? Oh yeah. Oh, that was another thing. Uh, that was done in Flex Mentallo. Mm-hmm. Is part of the story is that uh, a guy can't remember his magic word. Mm-hmm. I liked the idea of the cops just trying to keep a lid on things, mm-hmm. and one cop being like, "Oh yeah, I slept with that guy." <laughs> <laughs> no, he's definitely not gay. Yeah, and um, and then. T- just giving little stories about what it's like working with the superheroes and at a point of real frustration saying, look, these people fought the Nazis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to treat them with respect, even if it's really hard to deal with them now. I could see that. Um, so I, I quite liked the idea and I thought it could go a lot of places, but... Yeah. That's all we got. Let's go to Pluto, which I fear will be exactly the same. (laughs) Because I didn't dislike... Okay. The idea is that there are robots um, in... There's a society where there are robots, and the robots are created kind of to serve people... Mm-hmm. But over time, they get more advanced and they get rights. And so now it's a society where they're just robots and people mm-hmm. walking around. And the robots are of all different eras. So one of them will be like really kind of R2-D2, uh, more C-3PO looking <laughs> things. Yeah, really clunky. And... and Others look just like humans, and some are not humanoid at all. Um, So, one of the most beloved robots, Mont Blanc, Mm -hmm. a a Swiss robot. I like the flourish you put on his name. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A Swiss robot who was into nature conservation and wrote poems and things was murdered in a really gory way just like ripped apart and horns put on his head like fake the the body arranged so that horns were on his head and um another robot a detective robot is looking into murders and it looks like more and more beloved and popular robots are getting killed in this way mm-hmm. so he's wandering through the um world and just interacting with different robots and um, 
kind of determining what humanity is and how it's different from simulating humanity. And it sounds very interesting, but I did not find it, so... Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I don't see anything wrong with it, but I'm just like, "Mm, that's okay. Yeah. Well, you're having dreams now. Well, all right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just imagining you reading and going, yeah, well, come on, wrap it up, fella. Oh, oh, this this robot (laughs) wife now understands why people cry. Well... And it's good for her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, look, there's a little kid. Oh my gosh, it's a robot in the shape of a little kid. And he really kind of seems like a little kid, but it's more like he's assembled data that makes him act like a little kid. Hmm. That's interesting. Have you, uh, right, then. Have you seen any Astro Boy? Seen or read? No. Ah, okay. Oh, clearly my disinterest in this no, it must be if... the fact that I haven't read even more of the same. <laughs> I was wondering if it's... <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good comparison. Like, if you did a really, like, Gotham Centrally-style Captain Marvel story, mm-hmm. like, this is that for Astro Boy. Because uh-huh. he's is an uh, Osama Tezuka character. It's super goofy and stupid. Like, really enjoyable. But, I mean, like, he's a robot that shoots machine guns out of his butt, you know? Mm-hmm. He didn't even wear clothes in the 60s. He just wore, like, underpants and rocket boots. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's... Uh, I'm a little familiar with it, and I'm wondering if that kept me going longer. Because, mm-hmm. actually, like, I told... This was probably my favorite book the year it came out. Or favorite series, graphic novel, whatever, whatever. But, um, yeah, it's like a comics keep updating children's characters to be adult characters, and it turns out horribly. That's so how you get, like, the Wonder Twins getting chewed up by dogs or whatever. And and this is that, but without being disrespectful. <laughs> so, uh, the, like, the second half of book one is just, like, a one-off story set in the Alps. What did you think of that, like, as a choice? Did that just make you even more bored? A little bit. <laughs> it's funny. So, um... Wow, it's only been ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh... Um, the strange thing about Pluto, I guess why I liked it so much, is that, uh... Like, people ask whether or not robots are humans, but it's clear to the reader that, like, there's no real difference between them and humans other than, like, what's inside them. Because, like, they have emotions, they cry, uh, they lie to people to make them feel better, and that kind of thing. So it sort of sidesteps the entire question of, like, hey, you know, is this robot sad because he's just a robot? Does Pinocchio wish he could be a real boy? Mm -hmm. And it just assumes that they're real boys, like, throughout. And... Yeah, I don't know. It just really, like, clicked for me, in a way. And it's not even really a mystery that you can solve mm-hmm. like sometimes stuff just happens to happen and, <laughs> and it's holdovers from the story in the 60s or whatever because this is a remake of um, one of Tezuka's stories uh, the strongest robot in the world I think and when he did it it was just like a big fight scene like there was like a tournament or something so I thought this was really interesting in a way because it's what American comics <laughs> have been trying so hard to do and it does it without grossing me out. 
even the pacing. Like, if I could, this is basically like a crime comic with giant robots. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, it only needs dinosaurs, and then it is your perfect book. That is true. Maybe a war. Wait, it has a war. Yeah, it does have a war. There and we I, go. Uh, can I see book two? Book two might have my favorite war-related scene. Been anything for a long time. Let's have a look at it. Maybe it's three or four. But, um, yeah, so there was a war in fake Iraq. And uh, it's also very clearly, like, the fake Middle East. But there's a scene where the robots are discussing... So the robots that are being killed were the strongest robots in the world. There were, like, eight of them. Mm -hmm. And they were used as peacekeepers in this war. And, uh, like, as a result, they had to kill, like, hundreds of thousands of, like, their own kind. Mm -hmm. Um... And there were a couple that refused to fight. There was one that was a pacifist robot, and he mm-hmm. he appears later in the series, I think. He spends his time raising kids in Australia. Like, he owns a giant foster home. But yeah, so uh, Act 11 and Volume 2, uh, it shows this robot kind of sitting on a empty hill. It's, you know, really dusty, and he's got sort of like a cape thing on. Mm-hmm. And a guy walks up and says, you know, hey, are you okay? And he's, then he asks, how many did you destroy? The robot just says a lot, and then the next page is like a two-page spread of just devastation, and it's clear that he's been staring at like what he did ever since it happened, and it's just this crazy, deeply sad thing. Why do you like so many sad things? I don't know. Feeling Jeez. sad feels good. You are why we can't have happy <laughs> comics. You. And the very next page is someone's is another robot saying that's an uncharacteristically vague statement for a robot. And this guy says he destroyed 2,962. And I don't know, like, I liked seeing the way the different robots are treated. Like Adam, the little boy, who is uh, Astro Boy, he mm-hmm. didn't do as much, like, straight-up robot murdering as everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> he was more like the USO type of guy where he kept people happy. And then the stuff the robots do after they quit uh, being soldiers, like one's a wrestler, mm-hmm. uh, another's a cop, that sort of thing. I don't know, it's just really interesting. I mean, it's basically just like a cop story, sort of like uh, Gotham Central or something like that. Actually, Gotham Central is a really good touch point. I hadn't thought of that before. Only with deep musings about what it means to be human. Yeah. All comics need that. Fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> it's when they put me in charge of DC, like, readership's going to drop to one and a half. It's going to be me and everyone I trick into reading half an issue before they quit. <laughs> that won't be me. Yeah. I'll be wise to it. <laughs> Since we've still got, like, 15 minutes left, uh, what else have you read that you liked that I didn't make you read? <laughs> What have I been reading that I've liked? My pre uh, New Fifty Two, my comics reading basically trickled down to practically nothing. Wow! Oh, did you see um, something Marvel published on Wednesday? The Island of Spider Man, Island of Spiders. Oh, I've seen those, but I haven't read any of them. Is it the Island of Spiders? Uh, Spider Island. Spider Island. Hate. Hate hate the title. Probably because I'm living there right now. <laughs> They're just freaking everywhere. Yeah. 
They're in my curtains. Are there different species? Is this like an arachnophobia? No, thing? they're all the uh, one. Well, yes, but also <laughs> I hate them. But they're all those giant brown kind that look like they're like furry, like puppies. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh. Um. So, did you actually read that? I read the first story because um, I was in the comic book store and the comic book guy who was actually reading them, you know, between serving customers, got to a certain page and was like, oh, and then (laughs) someone else in the, the store grabbed it and read through and got to a certain page and was like, oh, yeah, and I'm like, all right, I'll read it. <laughs> <laughs> so what and was to the spoil page? it entirely, which yeah. I won't because it will have come out. Oh man, two weeks ago now. Yeah, when by the time this is out, um, it's just these Spider-Man powered bank robbers, and they like knock people aside with their spider powers and they get into a vault and they use their uh, strength to like rip off um, the doors to mm-hmm. and type things up and they're like yeah we're awesome <laughs> and, and well not literally yeah, but they're just doing their heist and then one of them is suddenly like grabs his head and starts swaying he's like oh my what's what is Are happening spider's gonna burst out of his head Wait for it. <laughs> and he's like, what's happening? I, what is that? And, and like, is doubling over and grabbing his head. And the other guy starts freaking out. It's like, what is it? What is it? And this third Spider-Man comes out of the hole that they've left to get into the vault. And is like, do you feel something terrifying? Like, all of your senses are screaming at you that something's wrong? He goes, uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I feel. And then the the guy who just had come in rips open the Spider-Man costume and there's the Punisher t-shirt <laughs> underneath. He's like, well, that's Spider-Senses and shoots them both that's and pretty walks good. away. <laughs> and the, like... the rip open the thing is the, oh, <laughs> page. I feel like Honestly. Punisher has a stash of spider shirts just so we can do that over and over. <laughs> I don't like... Well, it's easier to get around than in your, just your Punisher shirt. Yeah. And if you have spider powers, I mean, you can't be wearing a leather coat. You need something that moves with you. Yeah. So... Though he's such a curmudgeon that he probably just walks around anyway. <laughs> <laughs> if I use my powers, they win. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen uh, Greg Rucka's Punisher? It just came out. Um, no. It's not bad. Um, he's back in the Marvel Universe. He's fighting the Vulture, the new Vulture. It's not even like the old man. But uh, the gimmick Rucka's... Yeah, I have no idea who either Vulture is. Oh, so man. Ser- the old Vulture is... It's seriously Spider-Man beating up like a geriatric old man. <laughs> <laughs> like from the very beginning. That's when it's been... But uh, the gimmick Rucka's using is that uh, the Punisher isn't speaking, and there's, like, no dialogue. I mean, there's a little dialogue, but, like, there's no inner monologue, like what Ennis did or uh, Jason Aaron's doing. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to bring him back as sort of, like, a 
impossible force of nature type of guy. Mm-hmm. And it's not bad. It's, uh, I don't know, like, I feel like I, I will just never like The Punisher again. Because I like Dennis's run so much. What do you, what did you think of the last uh, Aaron arc? The one in the prison? The one where just after he decides to escape from prison. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to the one where he's sitting there looking at the grenade, being like, mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and thinking over his life. Yeah. Um, and then there's the one after that. Uh, that was where, like, he was. He decides to. He tosses a grenade into the toilet and pulls his mattress up, and mm-hmm. it keeps him from dying. And, like, it's still. It's not bad, but it's. I don't want to call it's not a bad comic like it's a good comic for someone who's not me <laughs> you know well since I'm not you I really liked it yeah I I thought it gave a really good insight into why the Punisher is the freaking annoying way he is a lot yeah. of the time <laughs> it's what was the twist it was that he took him he wanted a divorce and he took him to the park and then while he was at the park he was like I want a divorce yeah and then they instantly died yeah immediately afterwards and he said it's not the death it's the fact that i had it and i threw it away yeah because i didn't understand what i had and so that's why i keep doing this because i deserve to be punished and it's i'm never punished enough like i can't choose to die that is not a choice i can make i don't know if i like what that adds to the punisher mythos (laughs) such as it is Mm -hmm. just because I guess my mental image of the Punisher is someone who needed his family. Like, mm-hmm. he went to war and, like, it damaged something inside him or opened up something inside him, depending on what, when you're reading. Mm-hmm. And then he came back and he was like, you know, my family's going to keep me sane and grounded and this is all I need. I love my family so much. But Aaron and Dylan's take is more that, like, the war just completely ruined him and he could never have a family again. Well, I don't think that they that was their take. I thought their take was like we don't know what the hell happened, but a guy like this doesn't go to war, do as well as he did or yeah. as well. I don't know. <laughs> it, that's fair. Do what he did, as in return that many times and have yeah. and be as successful or something, and then come back and it's just like, yep, suburbia. <laughs> <laughs> Um, like that could not have been so I guess I just like loss more than I like something being thrown away is a surprisingly eloquent way to put that <laughs> just because well I mean he still he realized he couldn't be with him but I mean he still loved him and you can still yeah. he still wanted them to have their lives Yeah. so it's not it's still a loss in uh, that, you know, right. out of your life is not the same thing as dead. <laughs> dead is worse. Yeah, I need, I've been meaning to reread the series just to see uh, how well I like it taken as, like, you know, uh, what is it, like, three complete stories now? I think Frank, or Kingpin, Bullseye, and Frank are the stories, yeah. I think Bullseye was the strongest. Yeah, because it was the most... Uh, Tom and Jerry. (laughs) Really, yeah. Uh, Steve Dillon drew Punisher versus... Holy crap, he drew Punisher versus Bullseye for Daniel Way in, like, 2004, which was seriously just a Tom and Jerry comic. (laughs) Like, it was wonderful. (laughs) They fight and fight 
and fight, yeah. and fight, and fight. Like at one point, uh, Bullseye shoots a rocket at Punisher with like a note on the front that says "Gotcha," you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like constant one-upsmanship. It's fun times. Yeah, I, I completely miss that connection until now. But uh, yeah, Punisher comics are good right now, but they're good for people who aren't snobs like me. <laughs> snobs is the wrong word, but I'm gonna roll with it. Rigid. Yes. Well, let's put it as married to the character under Ennis as that you are, right. because I liked his run and I thought it was a it was really good, but mm-hmm. there are parts of it that I really didn't care for and thought were too. Um, Innocent. The, the author was pushing too much on us. So. Yeah, I could see that. I, uh, I, I, so I only read Chu uh, digitally, mm-hmm. the series that you love so much. Mm. And two issues went up this week, and both of them are really good. So you're just like, yes! Yeah, and I, I hadn't realized that I'd been missing uh, issues, because like no one does digital release dates for, for some stupid reason. Mm-hmm. So when two went up, I was super surprised. It was like a double, double treat for the week. <laughs> but uh, there's an issue that opens with Tony Chu's brother, uh, who's a TV chef on TV. Mm-hmm. Chow TV Chu. chef on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I was out late last night. Uh, these guys break into his, uh, onto his TV show, and they're like, you know, you'll give us our demands or we'll kill Chow Chu. And he's like, guys, I'm on your side because I just got fired for saying exactly what you're saying. And this is my big comeback show and way to screw it up for everybody. And then he dies. But then there's He dies? A- like he gets shot in the face but if you look at the panel it says disclaimer this never happens and that's the prologue to the issue and the issue is pretty much about uh, Tony Chu and his sister Tony with an I Chu uh, investigating something and trying to find uh, these criminals and it's revealed that if they didn't investigate then this is what would have happened so it's this kind of cool not time travel like how Tarantino plays with time sort of mm-hmm. that sort of like non-standard time it's a pretty cool story in that sense well it's kind of alternate time yeah because a what if it's pretty it, the first like four pages are a what if Beatty's McBeat juice yeah now less horrible <laughs> what have these people got against root vegetables it's who likes beets I like beets oh ridiculous beets are good <laughs> But so when you read Chu, did you get far enough to meet his twin sister? You mentioned okay. N- no, I didn't. But uh, uh, what what's her name? Tony. Tony yeah, with an <laughs> I. <laughs> so she doesn't curse. Uh, she's you know she's like you know what the flip and flip. She's that sort of thing. And there's a good panel where something crazy happens, and uh, they're both saying like, "What the blank is that?" But there's two words superimposed on top of each other in different colors to show what each one is saying. <laughs> and it's amazing how this series can be so impossibly gross, but also very funny at the same time. There's a bit when uh, when the chicken epidemic hits, uh, they shoot some astronauts into space with Viagra and MP3s of smooth jazz and tell them to make babies and stay safe. And the result are like, really gross zero gravity babies that they don't know what to do with now. Yeah, I'm seeing. (laughs) 
it's just in Ooh. and there's a really good poop joke in this one too people keep like abusing the fact that Tony Chu eats things in increasingly clever ways because <laughs> here uh, his sister drags a bag of poop into this room that they need to investigate and she's like and Tony's going to take a bite out of this and tell us what's going on and so everyone in the room just leaves. And Tony's like, look, I told you I'm not eating that. And she's like, I know, I just need to clear the room. And it works. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's good times. And uh, the last thing they did was they released Chew 27, which I thought was a really funny stunt. Because the issues that just came out are 19 and 20, so it's pretty much like a flash forward. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. one of those series that's really good and when I read it, I'm reminded how good, even though I rarely think of it that way. Oh, there's a cat picture in it. Oh yeah, all the letters pages have cat pictures. Oh no, I'm engaged! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and the next arc was about a cult of uh, egg worshippers. Get back to the other one so I can see the cat picture in that one. Stop 